Welcome to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Why should we hire guys? If you joined us a few weeks ago, we actually talked about ways of minimizing your gossip by hiring more men into your program. And so this episode is going to focus on how to attract them, how to train them, why to include them. And Carrie, I just want to start with you sharing with us a story or two about working with men in your program or even the parent response or kid response. Give me a story. <laughs> um, well, I guess when you talk about kids, the first one that pops into my mind is about uh, a staff person who was hired by one of my babies. I think I've told this story before. Um, so we had an infant who had some of the worst stranger anxiety I've ever seen, like parents who she saw every day, they would come in and she would go scurrying for the teachers because she was sure that these people were dangerous. Um, and so very, very full of stranger anxiety. And unfortunately, this um, interview person showed up a little late, which I later found out was de rigueur for him. He was frequently late, but it was, he was an interesting enough candidate that I, went ahead and did the interview, even though he was running late, but I was in the infant room covering the back end of a lunch break. So he had to come into the infant room with me and I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be such a nightmare. <laughs> and I walked in or he walked in, he sat down on the floor and this child crawled into his lap, this stranger anxiety kid. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess he's hired, but I should probably do the rest of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> because he he put out such a positive energy that even this baby who was constantly crawling away from people that she recognized was like he's good so we hired him and he worked for me for years and years and years and he never worked lead in the infant room but he did work in the other age groups and his favorite age group was the preschool age and he was a drummer in a punk rock band <laughs> Um, and so in the summer, um, he would, um, twice in the summer, he would bring his drum kit to the playground and the kids were allowed to use his drum kit. And it was just like this big, exciting thing. Um, so that's probably my first one with kids. I've had a lot of parents who at first have a little bit like you have men here and I'm like, Yes. Do you have any in your household? Um, and so that okay, sort that's, of. Well, that's great. Let's just start with that segue. Let's just start a little bit with, you know, how is a director? So as a director, you might have your own oh reservations. You may be uncomfortable because maybe you as a director have never really worked with a lot of men in your program. So we know the parents are going to have their own reservations. So are the other staff. So Carrie, you said that you had some parents who were a little, who had, who were a little put off and you shared with us one example of a comment that you might make to a parent. Yeah. What that's the best... I can shoot every day. I can shoot that every day. Uh, so when I could see the look come across somebody's face. And frequently that's where it would start. Like they would get this concerned or confused or, you know, some sort of not negative facial expression, but definitely not positive. <laughs> um, and I would go like, and I would introduce them to this staff person and say all of their 
credentials and background and, you know, something wonderful about them. And then wait until we left the room to address it and say, I know that not every child care center has guys in our program. And we're very lucky to be able to do that for these children, at which point they get more confused um, because they had the knee jerk confused or negative reaction. And I say a lot of kids don't have great caregiving relationships with men in their lives because they maybe don't have their guy, their dad in the household, or their dad doesn't know how to interact with them at this age. Um, And this way we're teaching the kids how to interact with guys and that guys can love you and cuddle on you, or, you know, I don't usually use those terms, hang on, <laughs> that guys can play with you and it can be positive and that they will play with you differently than girls will. And that is a great thing for us to be able to have here at the center and for the boys to be able to learn how to be men from the men in our program. That always gets the the daddies or the moms of little boys (laughs) is like, aha, you're helping my little boy become a man because there are men around for him to model. What are some ways you've shot it? Because, you know, you worked in school age care a lot and there's more guys in school age care. So how did you address it? So very similar to what Carrie said, I usually talk a lot about um, the time perspective. So in school age care, one of the biggest training points for me always is the amount of time the school age care staff or out of school time staff spend with a child versus perhaps a parent. And again, we know that parents are busy. We know that out of school time serves a purpose. And so it's never trying to make a negative point uh, with the parents not getting to spend as much time with their kid. But when they pick their child up from out of school time at about six o'clock, most school age children are still in bed between eight and nine. And that means that from the time of pickup to the time of going to bed, which includes dinner, which includes some sort of bathing or maybe even homework or something, uh, any sort of sport or additional activity, uh, these these parents have a very small window of opportunity to interact with these kids. And so um, I talk a lot about the young men who work in out-of-school time as being role models, as being um, an, the person who fills that gap. And again, kind of like you, that gap is a, a, a male figure gap. Uh, but I don't try, I try not to stress that with parents, but just, you know, that uh, these young men who work in out of school time bring another perspective and another set of activities. It's a lot easier for out of school time programs to incorporate sports, uh, even some science and some math components when the kids identify that as being done with a male uh, program leader. And uh, yes, I think that female program leaders can do sports and can do science and math. However, a lot of times these kids are not seeing any sort of demonstration. Uh, And, you know, look at elementary schools and how many men are really in an elementary school that are not a principal. And your numbers are really, really low there, too. Yeah. And I think 
part of it is, you know, well, if I want to play football, I have to play football with a guy because guys are who play football because this year is the first time there's been a full ride scholarship offered to a woman for football ever in the United States, right? So if they want to play that game, they think they need to have a guy to play it. Um, so yeah, I think that's really valid in our school age program, but I've had, I've worked with guys all the way through, um, from infants all the way through school, out of school time, um, programs. When I was an assistant teacher, one of the infant teachers was a guy, um, and it was a parent co-op. So there was none of the, the weirdness because, well, there was, yeah, I would say there wasn't any weirdness (laughs) because, Um, like a third of the parents also worked in the program as assistants that was a parent co-op. So they had seen um, this guy in classrooms before he got promoted to be lead teacher. So they'd been working in parallel with him and they were like, yeah, of course he should be promoted to lead teacher. Um, And in another classroom, uh, the teaching team was a husband and wife teaching team. And that was an interesting uh, environment also. Um, so we want to have guys in our program so that the female children learn how to relate to guys. And so that the male children learn how to relate to guys and so that they have role models. And even if they have parents at home who are both genders, they need to see different versions. And we don't think anything about them seeing different versions of femininity Um, but we don't think it's as important for them to see different versions of masculinity. And I think it is. Um, and if their adult male role models outside of the school are very strict and rigorous and, you know, uh, drill sergeant, like (laughs) they need to see that you can also be a guy who is willing to, you know, just tell stupid fart jokes with you. Um, you know, they need to see both sides of that. So I think, well, it's I think that's great. And I also think the one thing that, so I'm going to, going to flip it, flip us and, and take us to the hiring of, um, how to find the guys, how to hire the guys. And I know that my experience, and I know that it's not normal, um, definitely makes me think that having men who have worked in childcare also makes them better dads, uh, makes them better in whatever their future career might be, uh, because they now are getting an opportunity to uh, demonstrate all the different facets of themselves. So it's a real selling point if you can get the guy in the door uh, for him to understand why it's important for him to be there. So this could be uh, dads who are transitioning careers. This is a great place for them to use their dad skills uh, to still bring money into the house, but maybe they're in school uh, because they're transitioning careers. This is a great profession for those uh, older men, older being mid to late 20s, early 30s in that age range. But we've talked about how college age students, this is also a great type of position for college age students. Carrie, how do we find these men of all ages, including grandpas, because we often talk about why it's great to hire the grandma for the infant room, but it's also great to hire that grandpa for the twos, the threes, the preschoolers, and the infant room. Don't get me wrong. I was just continuing the, <laughs> the age groups. How do we hire 
through them. How, I mean, I know that we probably need to write our 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 job ad, job posting a little differently. What might be something that you would make as a suggestion? Well, um, I like all job postings to start with a yes or no question that people answer. And so I ask different questions if I'm trying to increase the number of male humans in my building. Um, so do you like to play with Play-Doh? Are you a secret, um, ninja master? Um, are you, do you miss your Lego time? Those kinds of questions get me more guy applicants. (laughs) Um, and the way you write the job description also should focus on what they get to do more than what they get to feel, (laughs) um, because it's how they're used to being communicated to. Not that they can't communicate the other way, but it's how they're used to being communicated to. So talk about what they get to do, the field trips, the whatever they're going to get to do needs to be part of the job description. Also, where you place the ad might be different because there's not a whole lot of guys who are going to go on Indeed and search childcare unless they've already worked in the industry. Um, but if you put it in the part-time other category, you're more likely to find those guys. Um, so you just might change what category you list the ad under. And I find referrals work tremendously well also. So letting your parents know, um, letting your other staff know that you're looking to hire a couple of guys and what you'd really love is, you know, give a little bit of demographics of what you're looking for. Because if you're looking to add um, a sports element to your preschool program or your school age program, then you need to talk about that that's something you're looking for. If you're looking for somebody who... Uh, has more of an artistic bent. Talk about that. Like, what is it that you want? Because Stan Lee was an artist, right? Jack Kirby. So these are Marvel people. And there are artists in your town who are guys who draw comic and manga, and they might be a great addition to your program. It's not just the physical guys that you want in your program. It's also the people who are in theater or music, you know, my guy with his drum kit, right? So what is it that you're wanting to bring into the program with that new hire? Um, You know, so you brought up a great point, Carrie. So one of the things I want to think about when we talk about other industries or part-time help is, you know, remember that Firemen usually work one day off and a couple of days, one day on and a couple of days off. So again, another place where you might be able to find some folks uh, working with your local VA. uh, Yeah, awesome source, awesome source. Yeah, because you get some veterans in. And again, veterans in the VA work placement programs are not necessarily retired. In other words, they're not, they've been in for 20 years. They're not in their forties. They're not career lifers. Um, They can take advantage of the VA services for employment, even at 22. And so again, they're looking for um, some additional places. And one thing to really remember, and I realize that this is not everybody who's going to listen to the program, But if you are in a community where you have a lot of folks who have apprehension about emergency services, police, firemen, like 
for some reason they're getting a bad rap in your community, consider reaching out to those other places where men in uniform work and look at bringing in that diversity, not only career, but also skin tone, background, because the more of that that they can have those folks in the building, the better. Uh, You might even start by just seeing if, you know, donuts with a cop could be something that the local police department might be willing to be a part of. And then that gets the police department to see that they also have a real value coming into your program, doing story time, having donuts with the kids, so that these folks don't become scary people to all of the children in your program. And the kids can start to interact and see these kids as these professionals as just people and not perhaps maybe whatever negativity they've heard. Um, But I do know that the whole fire department thing, that makes it really easy to get somebody to come once or twice a week. Again, they don't have to make a long-term commitment. You can even talk to them about coming in semester by semester because they never really know what their workload is, but it's it's never going to be the same. So it's not like you know that they're going to come every Wednesday, um, but you would know that they could come once or twice a week. Yeah. I mean, and you can also do, so if you don't want to commit right now to a full-time or even a 30-hour a week person <laughs> and you're trying to ease yourself into adding some caregiving staff who are guys, talk to the parents about having dads come in and read at story time or having dads help out on field trips. Not just moms, we want dads and actively talk about getting the dads to volunteer. And the the uncles and the grandfathers, because your kids, you guys had grandfathers and we both did. We both had uh, the grandfathers of the children very involved in their elementary school and preschool um, activities, mostly because a lot of times the parents are really, really busy. So again, um, it's not that we don't want to give the dads that opportunity, but if the dad doesn't from a, from a scheduling standpoint, he just has a career that's busy or unpredictable, you know, letting them know, Hey, do you have an uncle? You know, do you have a grandfather? Do you have another male friend? Because sometimes it could just be a lot of families, you know, have extended adopted families, right? Like they've got other people that they work with that are part of their, their life. Yeah. So I think that's a way to get yourself used to it, to get the other parents used to it is having volunteers at the program to come read stories, to come on field trips, to do a a visitor day, to substitute in a classroom occasionally, having that be male members of the community as well as female members of of your school community is a great way to sort of get your feet wet, (laughs) try it out, um, and see how it changes the dynamic in your program for the kids and for the staff. Because I think once you see it, you're never going to go back. Yeah. And so Carrie and I both mentioned, and we both started with adding men in at the school age level. Carrie even talked about, um, in her first example was a teacher who did really well at the preschool level. And again, these are places that are really easy for the parents to kind of even comprehend as well. However, we both have had significant others and spouses who spent time in the infant classroom and you know, don't be afraid if you've got a guy who comes in and, you know, loves infants, please don't be afraid to let him in there. 
And, you know, I was really lucky that Carrie had an opening in her infant classroom at a time when my husband at the time was going through a career transition and going back to school. And we still needed, you know, his income. It couldn't be all mine. And so he was able to work in Carrie's infant classroom. And so that was a really great opportunity. And um, we know that the parents were definitely a little on the confused side, uh, but it it just reiterated the need. And we both have had a lot of success having men in all ages, not just the school agers, not just the preschoolers, but also the infants and tods. Yep. So we really recommend that you give this a try, um, especially it's hard to hire right now. Let's expand our hiring pool to think of more than just 18 to 24-year-old single women. Let's expand it. We've talked before about hiring from different generations. Now we're talking about hiring different genders. It's important. It's important for the kids. It's important for the functioning of your school. Give it a try. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and go write a review on your favorite podcasting app. I want to let you know that we have lots of resources available for you. If you need coaching or training on this or any other subject, feel free to reach out to Kate at texasdirector.org and she'll be happy to steer you in the right direction. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at texasdirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.